Canadians care about what's happening in the world. And in just 10 minutes, World Report can help you stay on top of it all. Join me, Marcia Young. And me, John Northcott, to get caught up on what was breaking when you went to bed and the stories that still matter in the morning. Our CBC News reporters will tell you about the people trying to make change. The political movements catching fire. And the cultural moments going viral. Find World Report wherever you get your podcasts. Start your day with us. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Peter Lin. I'm filling in for Dr. Brian Goldman this week. Welcome to The Dose. We know that people may be scared of getting routine colonoscopies to screen for colorectal cancer, but according to new data, it is the fourth most common cancer in Canada. We want to take away some of those fears. So this week, we're asking, how often should I have colonoscopies? Hi, Jill. Welcome to The Dose. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here. So, Jill, let's say you're at a party, and uh, what's your sales pitch to people of why they should get a routine colonoscopy? Well, uh, Peter, I I guess what I I would say is I probably don't have a sales pitch for a routine colonoscopy. I I have a sales pitch to get screened for colorectal cancer. And so my approach would be probably to say if if you don't have a family history, um, this is a common cancer. Uh, there is an easy test that you can do, which is called uh, called the which is a poop test called a fecal immunochemical test, but FIT for short. And um, and essentially, it's easy. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. Uh, you can uh, mail it back to the government, so you can mail your poop to the government. It's uh, it's an easy test that will uh, benefit you in terms of uh, reducing your chance of getting colon cancer. I love it. I think you said easy a million times and sending poop to the government, I think, will appeal to many now. <laughs> um, so before we begin, uh, can you give me a hi, my name is, and tell us what you do and where you do. Sure. Um, hi, my name is Jill Tinmouth. Um, I'm a gastroenterologist at Sunnybrook uh, Health Sciences Centre in Toronto. And as well, I'm the lead scientist for the Colon Cancer Check Program, which is Ontario's population-based colorectal cancer screening program. Fantastic. So thank you very much for joining. So let's start off with the questions. So what can you tell us about colorectal cancer? So that's a great question. So colon cancer or colorectal cancer is is a cancer that um, arises from the lining of the the bowel. And the bowel is referred to as colon and rectum. And essentially they're the large bowel. So that's one sort of continuous organ. Um, And it's, um, as you've mentioned, the fourth most commonly uh, diagnosed uh, cancer in Canada. Um, and the second leading cause of cancer death in men and the third leading cause of cancer death in, in women. Um, so it's a common cancer and an important cancer. Um, and one of the great things about it, if there's anything great about a cancer, is, is that uh, it is something that we can screen for and there are things that you can do to try and prevent it. So a very positive outlook and, then, and that's very good for a particular cancer. What are some of the risk factors for colo, uh, rectal cancer or colon cancer? Well, really, there's two um, that I think are probably the most important um, uh, that we should talk about. I mean, there's a small proportion of people who have genetic syndrome. So they have you know, changes in their genes that 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 uh, dramatically increase their, their risk of cancer, colon cancer. But those are the really small proportion of, of the population. For the for ninety five percent of people who who get colon cancer, the, the the main risk factors are are age, so being over the age of fifty, 
and then another strong uh, risk factor is having a family history and a first degree relative. So that would be a mother, father, brother, sister, or child. And that's a family history of colon cancer specifically. Okay, that's good. So in other words, look at your family, because a lot of times we ignore the family history, right? So we just go straight at the patient. So uh, we need yeah. to make sure that we know the family history. And I think that's a very good point. And if you see it's riddled with colon cancer, and as you said, a very small percentage of people have the genetic version, but the majority of people uh, don't have that. Uh, what are some of the signs of colorectal cancer that people should be looking out for if they were to have that condition? Another great question. So um, I think you know, common things that, that we sort of look out for or would be worried about are when people, people have uh, anemia, which is a low uh, blood count that's caused by low iron. So what's called iron deficiency anemia. And that's something that can be detected on routine lab work by your by your family doctor. Um, other things that we worry about, it would include uh, blood in the stool. And typically, because it's towards the bottom end of the bowel, it would be uh, bright red or dark red. Um, unexplained weight loss uh, can sometimes be caused by colon cancer. Uh, change in, in, in the bowels. And this is something that we talk about is actually probably not super common as a as a symptom but it, it, it is something that people do report so either new diarrhea or new constipation and and abdominal pain those would be kind of the main uh main things that would be symptoms that we would or signs that we would think about when we're thinking about colorectal cancer yeah that makes good sense and it links together so either you're bleeding from it in which case you would have the low blood count or you might see blood in your stools or it might be mixed in so that's why you were talking about that that fit test that could actually check to see if there's any blood in there. And then there's the mechanical ones as you were going through of locking things up. So constipation, those kinds of stuff. So it kind of makes sense in terms of the symptoms that we're looking for, but hopefully uh, we catch it much before that. So let's mm -hmm. talk about the screening guidelines, you know, so the whole purpose of screening is to find things, you know, in other words, find things early on. So what are the screening guidelines? I know they're different kind of from province to province, but just generally speaking. So you know, for example, when when should people start thinking about screening for colorectal cancer? Yeah, so that's a great question. So, kind of going along with the with the um, the the main two risk factors that I mentioned, um, age is is probably the one that we look at um, maybe most closely. So, age over fifty, as I said, is a risk factor for colorectal cancer. So, we typically recommend that people between the ages of fifty, starting at age fifty, but up to the age of seventy four, should receive routine screening to uh, for colorectal cancer. And um, that's that sort of recommendation in terms of ages is, I think, pretty standard across Canada. Each province has its own approach, like in terms of a program. Uh, there are there are screening programs in most Canadian provinces and territories. And to the best of my knowledge, um, they all use similar age criteria. The other risk factor is family history that I mentioned, and some places may recommend slightly different approach to screening depending on your family history. And, and that may vary from province to province. Does the age of a family member when they had colon cancer, for example, does that sort of change the age cut off? I, I know that you were saying 50, but let's say there was a relative like 40 had colon cancer. Does that play into when you would start screening that person? Yeah, so we do we do say um, in Ontario, starting at age 50 or 10 years younger of the age of diagnosis of your youngest first degree relative. So, for example, if your relative was 49 when they were diagnosed or 50, then they then you would want to be um, begin your screening process uh, 10 years earlier. So at 
you know, 39 if your relative was 49 or 40 if your relative was 50. So, and you, you sort of go with whatever age is, is earliest. So that's that's the, the the recommendation for us here. But as I said, it does vary from province to province. Um, there are, you know, um, different guidelines uh, based on family history in, in the other provinces. And, and so for colonoscopy, is that something that we have to do often? Uh, let's say you're 50 years of age and you have your first colonoscopy, what, what happens after? Well, so, so, I mean, as I said, you know, the recommendation in Ontario for people who are at average risk is that you, um, you know, starting at age 50, that you should see your family physician in order to um, be screened uh, with the FIT test. So that's the poop test, um, which is really easy to do in your own house. No, no need to sort of change your diet or take, avoid any specific medications. Uh, you know, that test is recommended to be done every every two years, as long as it's normal. If it's abnormal, meaning that there's a microscopic blood that's detected uh, through that test in your stool, then that's when we would recommend that you go on and have a colonoscopy. Now, if you have a family member, first degree relative scenario that we talked about before, we are currently recommending um, that uh, people who have young relatives who are diagnosed with colorectal cancer, that they might want to come back at at five years after having a colonoscopy where it was normal. If the relative is older, uh, then the interval can be lengthened. That's our current recommendation. But we we are we are and this is a, we will be changing our recommendations uh, in the in the near future, and so you'll have to sort of stay tuned for that. So, in other words, always trying to catch it before it turns into something. So that's why you might bring them back for earlier screening. So that that makes a whole lot of sense. How effective is colonoscopy for screening? Because I, I know the we were saying at the beginning, early detection is really important. Uh, and it's a very survivable cancer if you detect it. How how good is colonoscopy uh, for that early detection? So colonoscopy is 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 a good test, right? So the way colonoscopy works is it's a long, skinny tube that's flexible. It's got a, a light and a camera on the end, and we're able to um, sort of look directly at the lining of the colon. Um, and so it, it you know you take a prep, you clean everything out, and we get a very nice look. Um, uh, using that that instrument, um, but you know it's not a foolproof uh, instrument, and so um, the you know there's a the, the colon's kind of a twisty organ, right? There's lots of, of of curves, and there are folds in the colon, and things can hide behind the folds. So that means that uh, that there are cases where things are missed, and we we think that in terms of um, the cancers that are detected about 5% or let's say cancers in a given year, um, somewhere, uh, depending on how you define it, between five and maybe as high as 10% of cancers might have been missed on an earlier on a colonoscopy. So that tells you it's not a perfect test, but because it's the one, the one test that we have that directly looks at the colon, um, it's really um, probably one of the best tests in terms of, 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 of directly identifying um, cancers. We know the news can be relentless, and it's hard to keep up. On Your World Tonight, it's our mission to catch you up in less than 30 minutes. When news breaks, our reporters are there, across Canada and around the world. We bring you context and analysis and sort out what's real and what's relevant. I'm Susan Bonner. I'm Tom Harrington. I'm Stephanie Skanderis. We host Your World Tonight. New episodes every night, seven days a week. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. 
So walk mm. us through that. You know, we hear a lot of things like, you know, they found a polyp and they took off the polyp. So what is a polyp? So the so a polyp is a, a precancerous growth. So in order to get cancer, your your the normal cells that line your colon have to change. And they do that by growing too much and by invading. The first step is growing too much, and that's what the polyp is essentially is is that's uh, an, an abnormal growth of the of the lining of the of the bowel. Um, and if left in place too long, some polyps, but not all by any means, probably a very small proportion of polyps will go on uh, to become cancer. So that just sort of speaks to the fact that there's sort of several stages or steps along the way that a polyp has to go through before it becomes a cancer. And then when we do a colonoscopy, we, we, we see those and we can remove them at the time of the colonoscopy so that they don't continue to grow. Um, so that, that's the, you know, the sort of the final end stage really is, is doing the colonoscopy in terms of being able to kind of identify and remove uh, these precancerous growths. Um, the, you know, other sort of tests that we have kind of set, set us up to, to, to sort of identify those, those um, precancerous growths. And that's where the fit might come in. So we've been talking about colonoscopy, but it doesn't have to be a colonoscopy as the first step. So when you have a polyp in your colon and it's a sufficiently large size, what we call an advanced adenoma. So the immediate precursor to cancer, those polyps will often um, bleed. And we can likely pick those up with the, with the fit test. Um, and, and then when the fit test is abnormal because of this abnormal polyp, then the colonoscopy will remove it. So it's a bit of a, sort of highlight this as it's a bit of a continuum, right? So we, so the colonoscopy is the, the sort of the final way to actually kind of get that polyp taken off. But there are other ways that we can use to help identify people who might have those polyps in their colon. That's fantastic. I think that will get more people interested in colonoscopy because it's a preventative strategy as opposed to just doom and gloom, you've got cancer, yes or no kind of uh, situation. And mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the fear around the colonoscopy, the procedure itself. Every time I mention that to a patient, they always say, well, can we do it next year kind of thing? The fit mm -hmm. test, as you said, uh, you know, most people don't mind doing that little poop test at home. Uh, but in terms of the colonoscopy itself, so just go over the prep. I think a lot of people are thinking the prep is quite horrific. Um, if you could walk us through sort of the prep and then what happens in the procedure, do they get sedation or are they awake throughout this whole thing? I think a lot of people are interested in that. Um, okay, sure. So, so the way, um, you know, this is sort of the way I, I, I typically uh, walk my patients through when we're talking about going, you know, having a colonoscopy. So typically the day before, um, you have to ha uh, follow a special diet. Most people will allow the, their, their patients to have breakfast, a normal breakfast. And then after that, you stay on a diet of what's called clear fluid. So basically, it's any kind of fluid that you can see through plus jello, which gets counted as a, a clear fluid. And then typically in the evening before, uh, you can start taking the prep. And there's two different sort of strengths of prep. There's a low volume prep. Uh, and a and a higher volume prep, and that your the person who's going to do the procedure will tell you which prep is is right for you. Um, and basically, you take about half of that the night before, and then go to sleep. And then the next morning, typically, uh, sometimes it has to be very early in the morning. If you have a morning procedure, you'll take the second half of the prep, and that's an important thing to do. That's called split dose prep, and that's an important thing to do because we know that the time interval between the last drink of prep and the scope should be around sort of 
you know, four hours or so to optimize the preparation for the scope. And, and having a clean colon is really important because what I talked about before, it's a bit of a twisty, turny um, space, the colon. And so um, getting all the stool out uh, maximizes our ability to pick up uh, polyps and to, and to find cancers. Yeah, so then on the on the day of the procedure, um, people come and they usually come a little bit ahead of time um, so that they can get an intravenous placed. And that intravenous is how the um, uh, sedation will be administered. And sedation is medication that we uh, give basically to, to keep the person relaxed and comfortable throughout the procedure. And I think that's a really important thing for people to know about. Um, that that I mean, of course, you can ask to have it done unsedated, and every once in a while, I do do that. But the vast majority of of people have their colonoscopies done uh, under mild to moderate sedation. It's enough to kind of make you comfortable, typically, but also enough uh, not so deep as that you can't follow commands. And so we, because we need you to sort of roll during the procedure uh, and to shift around to, to enable us to uh, insert the scope in a in a safe and comfortable way for you. No, I, I think you're putting it nicely because I think many of our patients who've never had a colonoscopy probably have different images of what's going to happen to them. And so the way you're putting it, it's a, it's a fairly nice, easy environment for them. The prep you've explained very nicely. Uh, so I think hopefully this will reduce some of the anxiety uh, around the colonoscopy business. Uh, what are the research showing in terms of ways to reduce colon cancer risk? Because I know that there's a lot of patients that are very proactive. So what are the things that we can do to, to decrease our risk of uh, colon cancer? Well, so these are great. That's a great question. So there's there's lots of sort of preventative things that you can do that have to do with lifestyle. So we know that limiting uh, alcohol uh, intake and not smoking or quitting smoking if you are a smoker, two really important things. And then the, the other things are sort of, um, you know, like a, a other sort of healthy lifestyle things. So uh, trying to um, maintain a healthy body weight to be physically active. And then from the diet point of view, uh, we think that probably minimizing um, red meat and processed foods, processed meat in particular, um, having a diet that's high in fiber and, and drinking um, milk and other calcium containing products would be are important things to do as well. Fantastic. So any final sales pitch uh, to the rest of the population in terms of how do we keep this uh, top of mind? I think colorectal cancer is one of those things that a lot of us don't talk about. Well, I mean, I think, you know, you, you sort of hit these these milestones in your life. And so I think uh, for many of us who've hit that 50 milestone, 50 year milestone, it, that's a, an important one to keep in mind because there's lots of important preventative things that that happen starting at that age. And and so colon cancer is one of them. So it's to, that's an important thing is to get screened when you're at the right age. And then, the, you know, the other things are some of the things that we've talked about um, and they benefit you both in terms of colon cancer and others, which are all engaging in all those healthy behaviors in terms of diet, physical activity, uh, avoiding smoking and alcohol. And then I think the, the last thing is to do what you're doing, which is to talk about it. I think people get embarrassed and shy about uh, the bowels and um, poop and all of that kind of stuff. But really, these are, you know, as my mom would say, these are normal functions. These are normal bodily functions. Everybody has them and does them. And and I think we should try to, to you know, bring it into the into the conversation uh, and, and into the mainstream as a way of, of sort of demystifying it and destigmatizing it. As my dad always pointed out, all of our parties end up with talking about poop in some way. So <laughs> I, I, I like the way you're going with that. 
Such um, a good thank time. you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. What you brought to us is fantastic. And I think you've eased a lot of people's minds in terms of what happens in that room uh, when you're going to have this tube that people are talking about uh, inserted. So thank you very much for your time. And I think what you're doing here uh, is great. And your, and your position in terms of uh, colorectal cancer in Ontario, uh, we want to thank you for all the work that you have been doing. Uh, so thank you very much, Jill, for coming on The Dose and for sharing all this great information with our listeners. Great. Thanks so much, Peter, for having me. It was a real pleasure. Dr. Jill Tinmouth, lead scientist at the Colorectal Cancer Screening Program at Ontario Health, gastroenterologist at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Centre. Here's your dose of smart advice. Colorectal cancer is the fourth most common cancer in Canada, but if caught early through screening, it can be more survivable than other cancers like lung cancer. In most places in Canada, screening for colorectal cancer for the average risk person typically starts at the age of 50. Your primary care provider or specialist will give you a requisition for a fecal immunochemical test or a FIT test that will look for any blood in the stool. It's an important first step that is non-invasive and can be done at your own home. If the test results come back abnormal, then it's time to do a colonoscopy. You'll have to prep for that procedure by cleaning out your colon with a liquid solution the night and the morning before the procedure. But don't be embarrassed or nervous about the colonoscopy. It's a very common procedure and the risks of any complications are very low. Most people will be minimally sedated for the procedure so you won't feel anything. Some signs of potential colorectal cancer to look out for include rectal bleeding, blood in the stool, and abdominal pain and cramping. Talk to your family doctor if you have any of these symptoms. If you have topics you'd like to discuss or questions you'd like answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcast. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so that more people can find us. This episode of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Peter Lind, filling in for Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.